Hey guys, and welcome back to Christianity and Why It Matters, the podcast about faith, Christ, and everyday life. Today we will start the New Testament and specifically the four Gospels. We will also cover a few powerful and recent news articles. I didn't receive any questions, so we can start right away. And we're starting right now. What is the Gospels? The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that might be a little confusing if you're not um, in Christianity, you're new to this, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were followers of Jesus, and Jesus was the Son of God, and still is. So why are the Gospels important? The reason why they're important is because all four of them tell the life story of Jesus. In the first one called Matthew, you'll realize how that's the only gospel about Jesus' birth. And the reason being why Matthew mentions this and a lot more detail is because Matthew used to be Levi, and Levi was a tax collector, and these tax collectors had very good education, like you do today. Back then, you didn't really have a choice to go to school. So, the tax collectors were given education, and they were able to do this. And once Levi met Jesus, he was renamed to Matthew, just like Simon renamed to Peter. But that's another story, and another book of the New Testament. So, Matthew was the tax, or he used to be a tax collector. And, well, he followed Jesus... Just like Mark, Luke, John, Philip, Peter, Andrew, all of those disciples. And I can have a list of those after I'm done explaining here. But, after Jesus was crucified and died, and maybe about 30, 40, maybe 50 years after Jesus died, Matthew started to write. And he was very descriptive, he had a lot of education. So that's why Matthew is longer than all the other ones. The second one is Mark, also a follower of Jesus. This is a fairly decent sized um, book of the Bible, just like Luke. And Luke and Mark didn't have good education, but they had at least some. And John was one of the most... I don't really want to marginalize any other disciples, but John was more of those chosen special ones, because later in the New Testament, he wrote... Uh, Revelation, and first, second, and I think there's a third, John. But he did a lot more writing than Matthew. It might seem odd, but he, he did. So, what are the books about? And like I said a couple seconds ago, they're all about Jesus from birth to death. When Jesus was crucified and um, risen from the dead. Now, each of these four books contains different writing, and this comes to my part two of the Gospels, and to make it a little easier to understand, I am going to uh, compare these four Gospels to a crime scene situation, and 
Hold on, give me a second, because this will make sense. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were four different people. Now, I want you to close your eyes and picture four different people at a car crash. One inside the car, uh, one by a tree a couple meters away from the car, one inside of car behind the crashed car. Now, this might be a little confusing. And then there's the police officer who was in his, uh, like, on his motorcycle a far amount of ways. Now, these four types of people all saw what you would think the same thing. But that's a little incorrect for a couple of reasons. This is what's called perspective. And just like in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were four different people who experienced Jesus in four different ways. Or maybe more than four. But they all four people saw something different. Like, for example, Andrew saw Jesus turn water into wine, but all the other disciples didn't. So, yeah, like that. So, and if you come over to the crime scene, the person inside the car who crashed the car probably had so much adrenaline inside of them, and they just saw a big flash, and then they crashed into maybe the stump of a tree. The police officer who was really, really far away could have just saw the tree tipped over, maybe. Like, just the tree could have tipped over and made the person crash. But the person inside the car didn't see that. So if this is starting to make a little sense, perspective is the key point here. And now I'm going to read something off of history.com about scientific or that's not even a word, scientific and historic evidence that Jesus was born, crucified, and risen from the dead. And the way that they did this is if you can prove somebody was killed, that just shows that you had to be born. You can't be killed unless you were born. And then you would just have to prove that the person who was killed and proven killed or proven dead just had to be shown alive after that. So that's how you can prove the birth, res uh, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus. So I'm just going to read a small little article about uh, scientific uh, evidence. And we're going to get to that right now. So, I am now going to read off of the History.com website. So, what I'm about to read now is not mine. I do not claim it. But I would like you guys to hear this. So, while billions of people believe Jesus of Nazareth was one of the most important figures in world history, many others reject the idea that he even existed at all. A 2015 survey conducted by the Church of England, for instance, found that 22% of adults in England did not believe Jesus was a real person. Among scholars of the New Testament of the Christian Bible, though there is little disagreement that he actually lived, Lawrence Maikaitiuk, an associate professor of library science at Purdue University and author of 20 2015 Biblical Archaeology Review article on the extra-biblical evidence of Jesus, 
notes that there was no debate about the issue in ancient times either. Jewish rabbis who did not like Jesus or his followers accused him of being a magician and leading people astray, he says, but they never said he didn't exist. Archaeology, archaeology, my pronunciation is not very good right now. Archaeological evidence of Jesus does not exist. That's one of these headings. There is no definitive physical or archaeology, my pronunciation, archaeological evidence of the existence of Jesus. Peasants don't normally leave an archaeological trail. The reality is that we don't have archaeological records for virtually anyone who lived in Jesus' time. That could have been Caiaphas or Pilate. Um, But yeah. So it means that she or he, like 99% of the rest of the world at the time, made no impact on the archaeological world. So, questions of authenticity. Sorry about my pronunciation. These are big words that I'm reading. Authenticity continue to surround direct relics associated with Jesus, such as his tomb or the crown of thorns he uh, reputedly wore during his crucifixion, um, and the Shroud of Turin, a linen burial cloth per, um, put on him with the image of Jesus' face. So, the documentary evidence outside of the New Testament is limited. The most detailed record of the life and death of Jesus comes from the four Gospels and other New Testament writings. These are all Christian and are obviously and understandably biased in what they report and have to be evaluated very critically indeed to establish any historical reliable information. So, so far what I've read is that Jesus, whether you like it or not, existed. But how would you prove that he's the son of God? Well, you'd have to prove his resurrection, right? You can't just resurrect yourself like Jesus did, but you can't. So this is me talking. I'm not reading anymore. So you would have to prove the existence that he was alive. And if you study Greek or um, Roman mythology or maybe not mythology, uh historical evidence there. Pilate, Pontius Pilate was a historical figure that existed. And history.com, I don't know where they got their sources or where they um, researched, but they have found that Jesus did rise from the dead. They don't know how, though. They read four of the gospels and compared them with each other and every single like why would four people and or more there's millions maybe not billions of christians out there why would all those billions of people make some sort of conspiracy theory so pontius pilate put jesus to death and once you prove that Pilate existed and you study him you'll know that he talked to Jesus so there's already the proof of Jesus and then all the followers of Jesus proved 
that he was risen. Mary Magdalene was not, I guess she kind she is a biblical character. But if you look into Latin and Roman history, you see her name, Mary Magdalene. And then if you study her even more, you'll know that she saw Jesus after, in not inside the tomb, outside of the tomb. So that already proves, if you go to multiple sources not using the Bible, it already proves the existence of Christ. So now, I hope you guys enjoy this next part, and we are going to be going over some news articles that really get to me. And we'll do that right now. Now is the time to talk about three Christian news articles that recently happened in the news within one to two weeks ago. The third news article has been going on for many years, maybe even decades. So the first one, first news article that I've come across is about a Chinese Christian author who lives in China. The communist government found out that he's been writing these books and publishing them for the U.S. and Canada and um, Mexico, all and parts of Europe, like Germany, the U.K., and a little bit of Australia. And once the communist government found out that this Chinese author was writing books about Christianity, he was sentenced to seven years of prison time. And you might be wondering, why would that even happen? The reason is, communism, they don't like religion. They are anti-religion. So, if you ever have time, please pray for this guy. Because seven years of prison time in China, that's living hell. The second news article is about euthanization in the Netherlands. And what makes this even more, uh, what, what makes this even more impressive or extraordinary, I wouldn't really say impressive, I would say extraordinary, is that children under the age of 12 can get euthanized. But this is basically for uh, critical, critically ill children. And the third and final one that's been going throughout for many decades and uh, years is abortion. Now, we all know what abortion is, but if you don't, it's where you kill a baby inside of a, a mama's tummy. In the, in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you were respected for being a Christian. You were respected for doing Christian uh, Christian beliefs, actions, and thoughts. But now in the 21st century, 2000, 2010, and now in 2020, which we're in right now, you get bummed out simply because you support Christian goods, wants, and thoughts. So if you're like me, who doesn't like abortion, who thinks it's stupid, 
you go up to somebody who likes abortion, they'll be like, oh, it's my body. I can do whatever I want. Well, I would simply just say, it's not your body. It's in you, but it's not yours. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you order food. You eat it, it goes inside your stomach. That food isn't yours. It's the restaurant's, but you paid for it. So you can't do whatever you want to it. But even with this example, people who are who support abortion would be like, oh, that is full of poop. That is so incorrect. Why do you support pro-life? Well, my answer is simple. I don't have any right to kill. Only God does. God created and therefore he can destroy. Just like the dinosaurs in my first episode. So, those were the three news articles. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for getting me up to 50 active listeners. That is so amazing. And I've only been doing this podcasting for about two to three weeks. I will leave my links and information in the episode description. Thank you again for so much listening. Thank you and God bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen.